Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family owned and operated, a no pressure, laid back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe and Hit That Line Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorback, Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, highly questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard show Suey winner and a <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback baseball and the Ladybacks. Razorback Nation, welcome in to episode number 185 of the one and only Hog Talk Podcast live from the Heinemann Services Studios. I am your host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside Kevin Bohannon. We thank you for starting your week with us. If you haven't already, please be sure hit that subscribe button wherever you listen. Like, review, or not review, uh, rate and review, sorry. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Let us know how we're doing and uh, help us get our name out there. Keep uh, reaching more people. Guys, we thank you so much, like I said, for joining us. Uh, as always, we are brought to you by Bet Online, the NHL, NBA, all of that is going on, and now the MLB as well. And the and Bet Online is the only place where you should be placing all of your bets from games, odds, and totals. They have you covered. So make sure and go to Bet Online today on your mobile device or the website and sign up today to get your free welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Kevin, Pretty good weekend of sports. We liked what we saw from the spring game for the most part. I know that I came away for the first time in a oh, I really since I can remember with a lot of good things from both sides. Normally it's just a one-sided affair. And you saw some good things from Malik Hornsby. You saw some good things from KJ Jefferson, amongst many other players. We'll get into that. But you know, that was a tough, tough uh, series. Well, at least we won the series, but the final day on Sunday where the Razorbacks were not able to come back from an 11-10 to 10 deficit. They did make some strides to come back, but just couldn't finish up the sweep. But overall, another great weekend of sports, and also softball got another sweep. Definitely, and Courtney Dyfel right now should be the NCAA softball coach of the year, hands down. Uh, they go down to Georgia, which is you know traditionally a really good softball program, and, and took three from them. Bam, bam, bam. Baseball, probably their most complete game to date for the year. It was yesterday in the first game, 13 to nothing. Patrick Wicklander was really good. They brought in uh, Caden Monk. He pitched well. Kevin Copps finished it out in the second game yesterday. Peyton Paulette looked good. Caden uh, Wallace with the walk-off fielder's choice. Matt Goodhart, five home runs on the week. Should be SEC player of the week where Arkansas should pull out of the SEC. I'll just go ahead and say that. Yeah. We better not see any goes. Yeah, better not see any goes <laughs> at all. <laughs> but it, you finally saw a glimpse. And, I mean, we've seen glimpses all year, but you saw what this team could do when everything is clicking, pitching, hitting, defense. They were a well-old machine yesterday. And I went through kind of before the game today, and, you know, the Razorbacks are 30-6 and six right now. They've never had that record. But you got Goodhart and Slavens have 10 and 11 home runs. Goodhart's got 11 now. They're playing at all SEC caliber level. 
Christian Franklin had a rough weekend, but he's playing all conference. So he's playing up to his potential. Then you got Robert Moore, Caden Wallace, who will be on freshman all conference, all American list. This is a deep lineup, and Zach Gregory had a really good weekend, hit a three-run home run today. We finally found how far we can get down without coming back. Six runs, that's the limit. Five five runs we've overcome this year. We got down 10 to four today, and I, the only thing I questioned today was bringing Cade Monk back after he threw yesterday, and he threw quite a few pitches. He left some balls over the middle of the plate. Take saying and was able to do damage to him, so – but pretty good weekend overall. Really excited moving forward. We're eleven and four halfway through the SEC schedule. Thirty and six overall. Lot for lot to look forward to, Kyle. Yep, man. Hey, and as I said, Arkansas won the spring game. We got to go ahead and get that joke. They we're, did. We're, yeah, we're <laughs> we're almost five minutes in, and I went without making that joke when I was on with Ty Richardson in the spring game uh, post game or pregame on Saturday. I had waited until the very end. I, I knew that he knew that I was going to eventually do it just because neither one of us had then. And so, but, but man, again, going back to that spring game, I, I, I'm not really buying too much into it because I understand that, you know, it's second team offense, a second team defense and the white team won, which normally it's, it's usually the first team offense. Typically now, of course they had the first team defense. So that helped them out. But KJ just looked to me like it was his team. He looked like yeah. he is ready to take command. I really like that. I like the Malik Hornsby to to John David. I know that you really like John David White. Just you know, you know his family really well. Like him as a player. They didn't get a whole lot. He got some time last year. I know that I think it was against maybe Missouri. I can't remember what game it was that he got his clock clean pretty good. And that definitely wasn't a good way to start your your college career. But that was a guy that came in as a walk on. I think he still is a walk on. He's not on scholarship as of right now, but. He's got a lot of talent, man, and and I think that he's going to really crack. Sam Pittman even said that he expects him to possibly crack the two deep. He just looked really good. I think Hornsby is going – if he sticks around, man, I, I don't know that if he will stick around. You would hope so, just because depending on how long KJ is here and stuff. But he – once he figures out how to throw from the pocket, not that he doesn't have it figured out, but he's, got, he's still got some mechanical things to work on. I really yeah. liked what I saw from him. Obviously, we know what he can do with his feet. But both quarterbacks, uh, the ones that at least are in the competition, I know we saw multiple ones. Yeah, we saw Lucas Coley, Renfro, and uh, John Stephen Jones. A lot of them got – just about everybody got reps. But the two that are in the quarterback comp, the legit quarterback competition, you got to really like what you saw. No doubt. And a lot of people across media, Steve Sullivan was one of them, said it, it looked right out there with K.J. Jefferson being QB1. And then it looked like his team, you know, to sentiment, which you said exactly, you said it perfectly that he just looked comfortable out there. Um, he's grown so much over the last two years. He's matured as a quarterback. He had that little hitch in his throat when he came out of Mississippi, uh, was just an, an athlete. And we really turned him into a very good fundamental quarterback right now that's able to make big plays. So back to what you said about Malik Cornsby. When was the last time Arkansas was in a situation? I think Ryan Mallett and Tyler Wilson, where you had a clear starter, but the number two was good enough to come in and do damage. So that's a good problem to be in. That just shows you Coach Pittman has this program headed in the right direction. Uh, the running game did pretty good. Dominic Johnson uh, had a couple of touchdowns, averaged over six yards of carry. Yeah, the Malik Hornsby offense, 
I think they averaged right about six yards of carry, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle. They ran for, I think, 220 yards. They looked really good. So I know it was really vanilla for the offense, but we had over 20,000 fans there. Football excitement's going to be creeping up. And if the baseball season ends just right, uh, Hog Nation could be on the highest of highs going into July and August. Absolutely. And guys, speaking of springtime, as we're talking about the spring game, it's that time of year. It's the best time to get out there and fish in our great state with all the lakes and rivers that we have. And the fine folks at Monster Bass have the best new baits from the industry's top brands at affordable prices delivered to your door each month. They handpick the best baits based on where you live and fish, along with providing the top-level customer service. Head on to head over to MonsterBass.com and use code HOG10 to get $10 off your first box. That's MonsterBass.com, promo code HOG10, H-A-W-G-10. Hey, Kevin, uh, so I was going back to, to this. Like I said, the, the red did come out victorious uh, over 30-20, to 20, but for the majority of the game, when it was, bo- when it was mainly Hornsby versus Jefferson, you had back to – pretty much just going back and forth punches. I know at one point it was 20 to 20. I think that might have been the halftime score. It was around a tie game once they went in for the break. But we've talked about and we have praised over the last couple of weeks with the way that he has handled his business, uh, Trey Knox. And you really like what you saw with Mike Woods. You like what you saw with Traylon Burks. You know those guys are going to be possibly, I don't know, I don't want to say the best right now without the season starting, but they could possibly be the best tandem in the SEC next year. And Trey Knox, he, uh, he had a 42-yard catch, I know. He had a couple over. He was lined up on Hudson Clark. And, you know, Hudson Clark has struggled a good bit in actual coverage. I know that if it's him versus a guy that he has to tackle in the open field, you like those chances a lot of the times. But Trey really just looks like he is coming for a big season. Now, I don't know that he's going to have like a 1,000 yards. But when I say a big season, maybe that type of guy that we thought that he could be. Because last year – it really got to the point where when he wasn't producing, you just would hope that he would maybe win a jump ball every now and again on a third down or maybe catch a touchdown in the back of the end zone when you're inside the five-yard line, but we couldn't even get that. And so I think that this guy is due for something big. Maybe if it's only three or 400 receiving yards, but those three or 400 receiving yards he got at crucial times, again, like a third down situation or getting you first downs to where you're moving the chains. And so – this guy is, was one that I'm really looking at to have. And I said last week that I don't know that he's going to have like a Grant Morgan type year where he just burst onto the scene and becomes an All-American. But I could see him having some kind of turnaround season to where he really puts this team or at least puts himself from this team on notice. And he's really talked about like the recruit that he thought that he was coming out of high school. Yeah, and he t- we talked about last week on the podcast that he was really struggling with his confidence. And you talked about – catching touchdowns in the back of the end zone, the one that hit off his helmet last year. I forget what game it was, but that just shows you the lack, how low his confidence was and how insecure he was and just looking over his shoulder at anything. I know Hudson Clark is listed at 6'2", and Knox is 6'5", but Knox made him look like he was 5'10", 5'11". That's the Trey Knox we've been wanting to see and hoping we would see. It just it wasn't fair on the 50-50 ball. So, uh, you got guys like Jaqueline Crawford from University of Oklahoma. He's going to be a factor this year. But, yeah, back to John David White at five receptions for 87 yards. He's one of those guys that can do everything. He's going to block well. He comes from a great program at Plasky Academy. And I knew that nobody in the state could cover the kid when he was in in high school. So uh, kudos to Coach Pittman and, you know, John David for taking a chance 
he had scholarship offers to Air Force and smaller schools like that, but he wanted to be a hog. He wanted to follow in the family footsteps, so he's going to get a chance this year. Hopefully, win a scholarship. It, it feels so good to be talking about so many different options this year, Kyle, and we're not limited. Hopefully, we can stay healthy, um, and it just feels so good to have that many options out there on the offensive side and the skill positions right now. Are you one of the millions of Americans who suffers from anxiety, feelings of worry, or just dread beginning a new week? Sunday Scaries products are here to help you stay chill and mellow. Visit sundayscaries.com to check out the vitamin-boosted gummies, hemp oils, and much more. There is no risk to buy, and the company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee, meaning if the product is not for you, you'll get your money back. Again, it's sundayscaries.com, and use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 25% off, sundayscaries.com, promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Make your outdoor experiences even better with Canine Sunglasses. Their Japanese optics make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger, plus the Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code KANONCAST15 at KANON.com to receive 15% off of your first pair. That's K-A-E-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. KANON, clearly better. Okay, but one thing that I really liked was the trick play that they ran with Jalen St. John. Now, they're probably not going to pull that one out during the <laughs> yeah. season, but you know they're probably going to have some kind of bag of tricks. Because don't forget, whenever Sebastian Tortola threw that touchdown pass to Alan DiApollonio, I think is how you pronounce his last name. You know, again, you know me with pronunciation. <laughs> But when he caught, when he threw that touchdown, that, that was when Sam Pittman was the offensive line coach, and so I don't know that yeah. Sam necessarily drew up that play. But you got to think that okay, they they think that this guy, they think a lot of his athletic ability to do something like that. I wouldn't see be surprised to see something like that. Uh, maybe again, not that exact play, but something similar uh, in next into next year. Yeah, and year two of Kendall Browse, you're going to have some exotic formations. And shifts. So, yeah, be looking for something like that. Spring game, you want to give the fans a, a little something to look forward to. And the kids like having fun with that stuff. It, you know, with the high flying offenses the way they are now, there's a lot of excitement just about on every play, unless you're just running your, your base zone replay. But even those can get exciting, especially with all the options you have off of it. But yeah, Jalen St. John is one of those guys. He, he's kind of a tweener. He came in to Fayetteville. And was around 270, 280, and they were looking to bulk him up a little bit. So, yeah, the, the athleticism really showed through on that play. I'm really excited about that. You know, we could see some jump passes this year. That's something to look out for as well, where you have tackle eligible, especially if you have it coming off the jet sweep. It got my juices flowing. I started drawing up plays in the dirt while I was watching it, Kyle. So, yeah, look for something like that. We could have a, a fall down play with Jody and Davenport and throw it to the back of the end zone and the big man standing right there for a touchdown. <laughs> and one last thing before we get into a little more baseball, what did you think of the pass rush? Now, I thought that it did look okay at times, but also you have to take into consideration that you know they were going against each other. So we'll probably get the best look not until we play Texas, you would think. And so, again, I, I thought that there were some things that you liked. You know that this is going to be a solid secondary. You know that your first to at least two linebackers in bumper pool and, and Grant Morgan are going to get some production for you. But we have so many, much talent on this offensive line on paper. We've talked about that. A lot of four stars coming out of high school. You've got Gregory. You've got Soley. 
Zach Williams, so many of these guys that we are waiting on to just burst onto the scene that have gotten plenty of playing time and you've seen things that you really like, but you know, are, do, you, do you trust it right now is, I guess, what I'm getting at. You know, going into year three and that group, the only one we lost, I believe, is Colin Clay. He went to Oklahoma State uh, towards ACL and had to come back from that. But Mateo Soli hasn't really been healthy both years. He played with the club. I think he's played with the club just about every game, it feels like. Um, but, yeah, Eric Gregory got some time last year. Zach Williams, we're still waiting to see if he's going to live up to that potential coming out of Joe T. Robinson. Uh, I, it's to be determined, Kyle. I'm kind of like you right now. I know that the talent is there. I think we're going to be a little bit quicker, if, if that makes sense. I think we don't have the, the 6'3", 300-pounders. I think like Xavier Kelly-type people. We're a little bit trimmer, a little bit faster right now, which I think you need to be in a burial of defense. So I'm really looking forward to the Texas game to see how we stack up and if we're taking that next step towards being that better SEC defense. Not elite yet, but being better at it. And if there's anybody that's going to do it, Barry Odom is the guy now that he's no doubt, full no doubt. season. And so I, I still am very – that's my biggest concern is that I, I think I'm more concerned with the pass rush or lack thereof than I am with the offensive line improving. Because as I said with Ty on Saturday, I, I think that really as long as this offensive line is – you want them to be more than average, but if they are at least that and they get some movement, then with the amount of skill players that we have – some of the ones that are already proven and some of them that have that still have chances to prove themselves, I think that, that this offense is going to be just fine. It's just really about what are we going to do on defense because if this defense gets a pass rush, this secondary is going to have a field day. I have no doubt about that. And so, But, again, a lot of, you liked a lot of these things that compared to what you've seen in spring practices past, and so there's a lot of things to look forward to And as we get in to fall camp after the summer. And so we're going to head over again to baseball. As we mentioned in the opening, Arkansas did win another series. They still haven't lost a series this year, right, Kevin? They, they're they still uh, – yeah, yeah. They are perfect on the series, and they've won their fifth straight SEC series to open the year. So, yeah, we're halfway through the schedule right now. Going pretty good. That is absolutely crazy. Softball's only got, I, th- I think, two series left. And so – they play at, I think, Missouri. They got UCA this week, and then they've got a series with Missouri and then one other one, or Missouri might be their final one. They've only got a couple, I know that. So I don't gonna... know if they've played at LSU yet. I think there's one series where the men and women are at the same place at the same time, and it could be LSU, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I think Arkansas has got like yeah, five or six series left, something like that. But as we've mentioned, it's just we really like where this team is at right now. Yeah, you hated to see – the loss on Sunday to A&M, but overall just what a job that this coaching staff has done, that these players have bought. We, we always know that it, we know what Dave Van Horn's going to be able to do, but I didn't think that it was going to be coming, clear, especially on offense. You you had all the Christian Franklin, Robert Moore, the list goes on down, but I wasn't sure that we were going to keep up with the way that the bats have been going overall. At least not yeah, right and, now. I thought it was going to take a little bit longer. Right. Yeah, the – Record for home runs in a season is 98, and that was in 2018. And we're at 70 right now. 70, and we're at 36 games. We'll probably play at least another 20. So at, at that rate, we're 1.8 a game. We're going to end up with over 100 home runs. Uh, we, we have a good chance to have five or six in double figures. We already got two in Goodhart and Slavens, like I mentioned earlier. But back to something I mentioned on the podcast on Friday, I expected a little letdown emotionally from the Ole Miss series because of how much 
how emotionally draining it was. You really didn't see that coming out. They got an extra day of rest because Friday night got rained out and we had to play another 27 innings in a little over 24 hours. But Dave Van Horn, that we came out clicking on, we, Dustin Sands was the old, the Texas A&M pitcher. He didn't have a, an answer for the lineup and we won 13 to nothing. Pitching staff was phenomenal. Heston told got to come in at the end of the game one. And then Peyton Paulette had a phenomenal outing, six innings, gave up uh, zero runs. Kevin Copps, who didn't have his best stuff, gave up a solo home run, but, you know, still got the job done. It was a little bit of a letdown in game two, because, just because we were clicking on all cylinders, and it's hard to maintain that, especially when you have an hour break in between games. To hold that, you know, momentum for 18 innings is just something crazy. Through – Game one of yesterday, we had scored 69 runs in four games. That's just – that's unbelievable. We, we lead the nation in walks and runs scored and home runs right now. Nate Thompson, you talk about somebody they better open the checkbook for, it's going to have to be him next. So, yeah. uh, I bet a lo- I bet he has a lot of suitors this offseason. Yeah, it was unfortunate we lost today. We should never lose a game where you scored 10 runs. And the last two Sundays – if we would have scored 10 runs, we would have lost both of them. Of course, we did lose today, but you should never lose a game having scored more than 10 runs in my book. But it is what it is. Still a good weekend. A lot of good things to look forward to. Some of the youngsters. And the, the good thing about Van Horn, if you're not throwing strikes and not doing what he wants to, he's just going to go to the next guy. You know, Lyle Lockhart, he started out as our most consistent guy, and he hasn't gotten past the fourth inning the past two Sundays. So, Going to figure out something there if they can get that starting rotation. Hopefully, by the time the SEC tournament's over with, we go into postseason play for real. We'll have it figured out. Well, and I'm with you totally on the you shouldn't lose a game where you score ten runs, but something else too. What what was it in uh, like twelve? I guess that was nineteen innings. I was I thought it went into to uh, t- eleven innings on oh, Saturday yeah. instead of ten. But in 19 innings, you gave up one run to one of the best offensive teams in the country, top 10 in a lot of categories. So that was disappointing whenever you score that many runs to lose. But that was another thing that I was just extremely – like Saturday night, I'm like, dude, these guys are, I think, 10th in home runs. I put the stats out on Friday's show. But they're in the top 10. Yeah, they're 10th in the country, and and we completely shut them down up until Sunday. And so I I was going to go into it next, though, speaking of home runs and scoring a lot of runs, Grambling State – I'm going to set it at 15, uh, the overrunner, because, hey, we've got a – like we talked about, we have a long-standing good uh, good track record against the SWAC teams. And with what they did to uh, to UAPB the other night, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked. If they did. I'm not sure what kind of team Grambling is, but I don't think they have anything on the Razorbacks. Yeah, they're 10 and 18 overall. Whoo, that's going to be ugly. Yeah, that's going to be ugly. So, it, it's not 2 and 22 like UAPB was, but, yeah. I think you're safe at 15. I would put it at 17 and a half, probably, <laughs> just so you don't push. Uh, I think you'll get a lot of, like we saw last week, Ethan Bates will get some playing time. Uh, Zach White, uh, Charlie Welch got in at bat today at the end of the game. Hope, they were hoping he could get a, a home run in there. But yeah, you'll see Dylan Leach, Casey Opens caught all three games this weekend, both days. You'll see the young guys get some playing time this week. Yeah, so that Grambling State game is going to be on Tuesday, SEC Network Plus at 6.30. And then we go on the road. It seems like we've been on at home forever, 
Hadn't been on the road in quite some time. I guess the last, well, Ole Miss, I know, but besides that, yeah, feels like we've been in Fayetteville ever since we left Texas, basically. But we've got a South Carolina series in Columbia. It's a Thursday. Thursday Saturday. start on yep. SEC Network. Yep. Yep. We actually get an SEC Network game. That one is at 6 p.m. Friday night, 6 p.m. as well, SEC Network Plus. Saturday, 3 o'clock, first pitch, SEC Network Plus. What is the reason for that? Is there something going on Sunday? Uh, no, they they rotate it every week. So you'll see, a, ah, okay. I think, two two series a week in the SEC start on Thursday. So they can – it's for TV purposes. Oh, okay. That and, makes sense. Yes. Hey, yeah, get ready. South Carolina is going to be a top-10 team. They, they beat up on Ole Miss yesterday – or, sorry, LSU yesterday. I'm not sure what happened today. I, I should have looked. My fault on that. But, yeah, they swept them in the doubleheader yesterday. They're, they're playing really good baseball. Not not to the Ray Tanner level back in uh, the late 2009s and 2010 to where they were uh, winning back-to-back national titles. But good ball – the ball club on the road and be another tough weekend for the Razorbacks. Yeah. And, but there's no question they can get it done. Like they, hopefully they can do like they did in the Mississippi's or in Mississippi against the Mississippi schools. We would prefer that it's not quite like a heart attack hog moment. Like we had against Sunday <laughs> yeah. of Ole Miss. It'd be, we'd like it more at, like we had against the Mississippi state series, but Nonetheless, again, just phenomenal job that this coaching staff has done coming off of a COVID year and, and a lot of new faces with you know, Slavens and Smith and all uh, Lyle Lockhart. You can, the list goes on and on. We had a lot of good guys returning, but uh, still a lot of new faces and you know, always always tough uh, to get it going in a new year and in a lot of cases. And so, But going to go back to softball here before we hit a break, and we're going to talk with Mike Neighbors, uh, Arkansas women's basketball coach, here in the next segment. But – yeah, Courtney Dyfel, there's no question. I think she's already locked up the SEC Coach of the Year. I, there's just no no way that she doesn't get that. No doubt. National Coach of the Year, she's our National Coach of the Year, no question, but they're probably going to give it to OU's coach just because they are just on a different tear. But considering you – know, they're, they're good every year, though. Yeah. I mean, they they have the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, it's right I, down and the I'm street. I'm with you on that. It's just you know how yeah. the NCAA is. They're going to pick it, yeah. But they're just not—they're not going to consider the fact that what was it a couple of years ago in two seasons they were like two and forty-six or whatever. I can't remember what Porter would know that stat. Yeah, but it was two and forty-six. It is just unbelievable what she. I I would say that she might have had the biggest up. I know neighbors did too, but she might have had the biggest uphill climb from what she has brought this team. I think she took over in like 2015, 2016. Braxton Burnside is, I think it's four home runs away from the SEC record, and you've still got six games or so left, and plus the the SEC tournament and the the NCAAs. And so just on a tear. Braxton Burnside could possibly be the SEC player of the year. They they are just on. I mean, every single Danielle Gibson, yeah, yeah. she yeah, Autumn she, Storms, she's a right? great compliment, yeah. So yeah, just on and and hey, the shout out to the men's hockey team too. They're uh, for so real, they're, yeah, Michigan. They're, be, they're yeah, they beat Michigan. They're going to be playing in the semifinals. I actually texted Coach Sims uh, and I was like, man, you guys are all over social media. Incredible job, and <laughs> you're being taught. But it's just it it doesn't stop with just the track and field and the softball and all these programs that are well. Track's always been good, but. It doesn't stop with just softball and baseball and all. Even our hockey team, it's not even recognized by the NCAA, but they're good every year. And they've even gone to a different 
a different league this year, and here they are right there on the cusp of possibly winning a national championship. Now, again, that's not a national championship recognized by the NCAA, but still where they play. And you be, an Arkansas team – who would have ever thought an Arkansas team would beat any team in Michigan in hockey? Like that's Exactly, yeah. yeah. That just doesn't – that doesn't happen. So – Phenomenal job, yeah, by Coach Keller Sims and the hockey team on that. So definitely, I actually got somebody, uh, one of my buddies from high school wrote on my Facebook wall today and asked why we never talk about hockey. I'm like, dude, we had the hockey, <laughs> we had him on our podcast on episode 132. And we, like, we got stuff you, all bro. The time. Yeah, it's like, yeah, come on, man. We got it all. Yeah. And then he said, yeah, I don't, and then he, he said, he said he doesn't listen to podcasts, which I'm sorry, that's not my problem, but. Well, go to ArkansasFight.com. Our good buddy, the godfather, Jacob Davis. Great partnership with them. Yes. They're going to cover it as well. So, yes. yeah, just we, we got you all covered, man. Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to mention, too. We um, we joined up with Arkansas Fight for a part, partnership, and our podcast will be featured on their website. So anytime we drop one, it'll be on there. So a major thank you to, to Jacob for making that happen. It's good to be working uh, alongside him again, and then also the fine folks at SB Nation, Arkansas Fight. Look forward to uh, to the partnership that we have with you guys. But we are up against a break. In the next segment, we will talk with Arkansas women's basketball coach Mike Neighbors. Stay with us. You are listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe and Hit That Line Podcast Network. With American National, you get a dedicated agent who will help you make well-informed decisions about protecting your lifestyle. Call us today for a free review of your commercial, home, and auto policies, or to learn more about our customizable farm and ranch insurance. Let the Atkins Agency be your agency of choice. You can visit us on the web at theatkinsagency.com, call us at 501-428-0877, or connect with us through Facebook. Go Hogs! Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. The Hawk Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handyman. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Welcome back to episode number 185 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Kyle Sutherland and Porter Hayes with you, and we now go to the Workman's Travel Center hotline. We're joined by our friend and head coach of the women's basketball team, Coach Mike Neighbors. First off, Coach, I want to congratulate you on having your fifth and sixth players drafted as a head coach back to your time at Washington with Chelsea, of course, being picked five overall by the Dallas Rings and Destiny going early in the second round to number 14 to the Las Vegas Aces. And I know this night was all about them, but – when the camera panned over to Chelsea and her supporting cast, which included yourself, her mom, Moses Moody, and Bowen, and Bowen being the Arkansas icon that he already is, but now he's on the national scale after the other night. Right. Oh, yeah. he uh, uh, The phone started blowing up pretty quick after that, wanting uh, to know where he got his uh, black and gold uh, Air Jordans, you know, <laughs> to uh, be up there. But um, Chelsea and Shy, her mom, have just uh, really taken to Bowen. They've uh, Chelsea spent, I can't even tell you how much of her own money she spent to get him some 
cool sweats and some cool things. And they're just, uh, they said, get our little brother up here. He's got to be in this picture. So every time I tried to tried to take him out, they got him back in, but, uh, it was fun. It was a great night for everybody. Um, Chelsea, her entire family, she had a lot of family there. We couldn't get everybody up there the way ESPN had it set up, but there was about 50 people there, uh, cheering her on. And, um, it was a great night for her. And then destiny, you know, went back home to be with her family in Idaho, um, and it was fun to see her go as well as, as well as Ari and, and her mom and dad and her family that I got to know so well as we were recruiting her when we were at Washington. Coach, I'll say this first is how cool is it that Chelsea, you know, she got drafted to Dallas. I mean, it's really close to home. And she mentioned that in, in her interview that all these Razorback fans, I seen Cole, you know, he got to be part of the festivities. So what does that mean for her that she's going to have a quite the following in, in her WNBA career? Well, I think there'll be a hog collar too. that first exhibition game that goes on down there. So, you know, I hope she goes down there and plays well. You know, there's there's no guarantee of anybody making rosters. They still have to go make teams, even first-round draft picks, and she's fully aware of that. And you could tell because she had, you know, had a little celebration that night. She was back in the gym the next morning working out. So she knows that there's still work to be done to, to prove herself and, and earn that jersey uh, in the roster spot. It's just so hard in the WNBA with limited – uh, spots available and limited teams, markets, and then just the great players that have been out there for the last 25 years now that the league's in year 25. So uh, a lot of fun. A lot of It's great that she's close. I know we'll, we, we were talking about jokingly about getting a bus together, and before I knew it, Elvis was texting me saying, hey, we can make that work. We can make that happen. So uh, <laughs> awesome. I, I was I was very quickly checking when uh, when Vegas when they played in Vegas so I could see Plum and 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 Slocum and Chelsea all in one time and, and happened to be in Vegas so I, I may or may not know what date that is off the top of my head but we'll just leave it at that. And coach, speaking of destiny, you got her out of the transfer portal around this time last year from Oregon State, and you just got another big time player from there, a homegrown kid from Fayetteville, Sasha Goforth. Now, I know you played against Scott Ruick when you were at Washington, but I can imagine if you don't already, you've probably got him on speed dial by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you know, it, the way it happened with Destiny and, and Sasha both ending up there and ironically back here, it's, you know, um, it's become the new thing, the new portal. Uh, is, is, roster management is a thing for us now. We've, As coaches, we've usually looked at that, especially in women's basketball in four-year increments, uh, now you you can't do that. You have to watch it every single day, and I think it's going to be for a couple of years. You know, it'll it'll level out. It really will. It's just, but for the first next couple of years, especially with the NCAA passing, you know, last week the one-time transfer policy. Uh, for the next couple of years, the the transfer portal is going to be. I think it's really good for the players. I think for for coaches, it's hard, but we can do hard things. We ask them to do hard things all the time, so. We can do a few hard things too, but yeah, it was great to get Sasha back. You know, she's obviously very familiar to our state and the region and our area. And we tried very hard to get her initially, but you know, she initially wanted to go away from home a little bit and she went way away from home. So good to have her back. Um, she's, um, it, it was, it was fun for her to call and just reconnect and, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of recruiting. She, it wasn't like she opened it up to a lot of other people. She was, wanting to come home. So glad that we had the, the scholarship, the, the roster spot. And with the graduations that we were having, it was, you know, obviously perfect timing for both of us. I think she's, she's a great fit on and off the court. And our, I think our fans, you know, already loved her as it was, but I think after seeing how she 
had a great year. I think they'll see, you know, a lot of improvement in, in her and she's going to bring us, she's going to bring us a, an awful lot to the court next year. Coach, I wanted to ask one question about Ari and last year they didn't have the tournament and just what did this show the importance of having the tournament with someone like her? Cause she really elevated her draft stock with how she performed in the NCAA tournament. She did, you know, that's especially being on the West coast where sometimes the East coast time zones don't watch that late, but uh, you know, I, I know it hurt Lex last year a lot. I, I think Lex would have got drafted last year. Had we been able to play in the NCAA tournament, uh, people could have seen it and, you know, then you go on a run like like Ari did, and, and just put put the team on her back and take them all the way to the, the championship game. And within a you know a, a miss a, a, a make or a miss here of winning the whole thing, but just such a great kid. We um, when we first saw her back when she was coming through, saw the same things that we do in these kids here. Just a, a an impactful kid on and off the court, and to see her blossom like she did with Adia. You know, Adia was my assistant coach at Washington as well. So there's a we were watching that with a lot of anticipation and, you know, pulling very rarely do I pull for one team in the finals, but I was actually pulling for somebody this year. So great for both of those guys. And it, you know, Ari got a good fit in Dallas with Nikki Collin. I mean, not Dallas, Atlanta uh, with Nikki Collin, who we're all really familiar with being her time here at Arkansas with Tom. So uh, excited for all three of those kids to, to fulfill a dream that again, just not very many people in women's basketball get an opportunity to fulfill. And coach, looking at your roster next year, as you mentioned, when you bring in Sasha, a, a kid from Fayetteville, then you got the return of Alana Eaton from injury, Jersey Wolfenbarger coming in, plus you have Aaron Barnum and Marquisha Davis. All those Little Rock, or all those Arkansas kids, you've got a solid starting five, or at least key contributors that are, that are all from Arkansas. I know you being a native Arkansan, that's pretty cool to have at your disposal. It is, and you know, I, I think we, we. I tried to avoid it when I got here. I know it kind of probably got said anyway, but you know that old. We're going to put a fence up around the state and not let anybody, you know, it was, that's, you better have a wall. You better have a gate or some stairs because you need some Texas kids and some Oklahoma kids and Maryland kids every now and then. But it is fun that when you look out there now and, you know, I think if you start with Aaron and, and, and that group, and then you go to Marquisha and then you add Alana and now Sasha, I think it's, you could really argue that we've been able to attract the, the state's best talent for the last few years since we've been here and been good enough you know, not to have a, a Kristen Williams type player look other places. You know, we, we're not going to keep them all there. There's still going to be times when those kids want to go away and uh, be further away from home than what we can offer. But it, it sure is nice to, to look out there. And I've got a little thing in my office. It's a, a map of the state of Arkansas. And uh, every time somebody from Arkansas comes aboard, we sign it. And that thing's starting to fill up a little bit. It was kind of sparse there for a while, but uh, me and Mal, Malik Monk on there uh, in Kiera, but uh, it's starting to fill up now, and it is a good thing. I, I, you know, kids that love the Razorbacks, but you know, you can do it. Chelsea loves the Razorbacks too. I mean, you hear her talk; she's a kid that's born in Oklahoma that's a Razorback now. And we, you know, Michaela Daniels is from Maryland, but uh, her dad wears more Razorback. His dad, her dad's got more Razorback gear than I do. I think I'll see him every now and then and stuff I don't even have. So. Um, you can be a Razorback and live all kinds of places, but it is certainly nice to to have Marquisha, Aaron, and um, Jersey coming in. And then, uh, of course, you know, uh, all the other kids are from close by. These Oklahoma kids, it's it's been a good thing for us as well. Well, another thing is uh, me and Kyle were talking about just the, I compare your program and what Courtney Doffel is doing with the, the softball program, how y'all started. Now you're getting these kids like Braxton Burnside, too, that goes away wanting to come back and what is that saying for 
the women's athletics as a whole that these kids are wanting to come back home. Well, if I get compared to Courtney Diffel in any shape, form, or fashion, I take that as a compliment. Uh, uh, I, I just think what she's done, and it's just so much fun watching them right now. I duck my head every time I walk out to my truck in the parking lot because a couple of times I didn't, and I caught a couple of balls bouncing at me. So I just stand out there and watch them, especially when the wind's blowing out. I park further down because we are in range. Um, but, no, I just I, – I, you know, that's a formula, I think, that, that we all want to have. We want to get those kids the first time around. But you leave it such that, you know, like when Sasha told us no, you know, this, this came back in our conversation. When she said no, I, I didn't – you know, I didn't beat her up. I didn't go toilet paper her house or, you know, put Rice Krispies on her driveway or, you know, any of those things we all did when we were growing up. I don't know if y'all did those things. I heard things, people did those things, but – um, we just left it. We said, Hey, I get it, you know, and, and weren't mean and didn't sever our relationships. And, um, you know, the programs got good. Courtney went out and found players that did want to be here just like we have. And, and now I think those kids see that they don't have to leave, uh, to go play it at the highest level. Now, that was always our knock. I got it. I mean, I, I understood why, she made the choice maybe then, or some of these other kids younger on when there wasn't any evidence whatsoever. They were just trying to, you know, believe what we said, which in our game, man, it's easy to get looped, you know, lumped in there with people that are just used car salesmen and and telling people what they want to hear. So the fact that we were able to go out and do it and, you know, that, you know, the, the UConn win and the Baylor win and some of the other close losses, um, those things factor in, and it is I, – I know it's what Courtney's used. It's happened in, in other sports as well, and, um, you know, it's going to be something I, I hope we don't have to do. I hope they'll come here the first time from now on, but if not, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully continue to have a, a program that if it doesn't work out for them with their initial choice, we're always an option for them to come back to. I've got to admit, I, I did all the toilet papers, the forks. We until it, we we had uh, the group of girls in our class when I was in elementary school there. So the guys would toilet paper them, and then they would get us. Things kind of went a little bit south, and we had to put an end to it when one of my buddies decided to take a handful of Vaseline and put it all down oh. somebody's garage door pad. That was that that, that oh, yeah. was what put an end to that. You start getting destructive. You get <laughs> it's one, you know just man manpower where you got to go up and pick up the forks and scrape off the rice crisp or you know we cellophane somebody's car one time that that caused the problem because they had an emergency and they couldn't get in it so cellophaning cellophaning cars became a that wasn't a deal in greenwood that was off limits that was crossing the line so ours ours was eggs and it got to to where that if you got caught with an egg on homecoming week or halloween it was 75 dollars an egg i mean yeah that's bad because Especially if you knew a buddy who worked at the local grocery store, you could pick up a couple of dozen that he'd set out back. That yeah. was rotten. <laughs> yeah. Egg will take paint off. That got destructive, too. I, I, we stuck to toilet paper and, you know, fork in the yard. That was – we had some of our – we did a yard one time with 5,000 forks. We had gotten – uh, somebody's mom had a Sam's card, and we went and got 5,000 forks knives and we we forked and knifed one yard with five thousand of them and that was uh that was probably our best effort ever yeah we did the forks a lot too those man those those were the days when when that when the worst thing that you had to worry about was just sitting up at at night maybe on a friday and 
looking, uh, looking for him to get you back. But, well, Coach, I wanted to get into uh, asking you. Now, we all know, you know, Coach Musselman got his contract extension last week, and he talked about some of uh, the things that he really liked about working for Hunter Juracek. Now, I know that you were one of the last – actually, I think you were the last hire from Jeff Long, but have worked for Hunter for the last couple of years. And that's one thing I've noticed about him. Coach Mus talked about how he just – he lets you sit back and do – or he sits back and lets you do your job. And I've kind of noticed that because I'm blessed to have a boss like that as well, that so long as you do what you need to do, he leaves yeah. you alone. How much easier does it make your job coming to – I know, obviously, you're you're living out your dream – but how much easier does it make coming to work every day, knowing that you have a boss that is going to step aside and let you do your thing? Well, it, it's that confidence factor that you mentioned. You're, you're, and you want to do well for him uh, because he has done so much for us. He, he made me feel like, even though, you know, that's a term that gets thrown around a lot between coaches and ADs. Well, he didn't hire him or that's not his guy or that's not his, his, his hire. I, I've never felt like that since the day, the day he stepped on campus. He's been – been there for our big wins, our tough losses and, and everything. He's been very, very supportive of the family and understanding. And uh, again, he knows I want to be here forever. Just, you know, I think coach Pittman said the same thing that I had said when I first got here, that it, it will probably, uh, you know, it'll probably cost coach Pittman a lot more money than me, but uh, I don't care. I, I just want him to know I want to work hard for the Razorbacks and for him personally, he, he, uh, the, you know, the job he stepped into, uh, he had a lot, lot on his plate and he has handled it even before COVID came along. But after going through COVID with him as our leader, I just gained even more respect for the way he went about doing it, keeping us all informed, providing us with information, uh, never sugarcoating it, uh, just always putting it right to us and no, telling us we had a tough job ahead of us, but then doing it right there beside us. He's, he's not in the background. He's right there. Uh, side by side with you, and and that's uh, that does not go unnoticed. And I think it's why right now across every one of our programs, you got I think players, and he's that way with with the, our players too, our student athletes. Um, I, there's just a really cool vibe, and there's no other way to put it. You can't really describe it, but it, it all starts with him and and trickles down. And uh, man, if you don't if you don't jump on board, you're going to get left behind in this group. You know, well, that's one thing all, I wanted to touch on with the Hunter was just the support he's showing all the programs. It's yeah. not just social media. He's really there. I've seen him at your games, at the Texas A&M game when that call didn't go the right way, and he was right there on the court. What yeah. does that say to the women's sports that he's just as vocal for y'all as he is a, a football or a basketball yeah. program? Well, it doesn't, doesn't say it, but it screams it. I mean, it screams it's important, and – you know, Chancellor Steinmetz and his wife were at our games too. And, you know, a lot of people take that for granted. And, and until you've been other places, I've been at six different universities and that is not the norm. I mean, it, it's just not the norm. You might get a big game or you might get a huge occasion where, where those dignitaries type show up. And this goes all the way up to our board of trustees. I, I went to a little rock last week, ran into a couple of board members. And I mean, it, it, it goes all the way to the top. You know, it's not – it doesn't just stop there. Uh, it goes goes up and down, and that's the way Hunter has built this thing. We're all we're all doing this together. It's not like the hierarchy is up and down. It's sideways. You know, it's a circle when it comes to making sure we do this. And, and I think that's why, it, why it's working. You know, when we knew COVID was coming, we knew that, you know, basketball, men's basketball and football are, are the revenue sports. That's, that's the way it is on every campus. And you can either – 
be bitter about that or you can embrace it and make sure that works. I mean, we've I volunteered my staff to go up there and help Coach Pittman stuff envelopes, whatever it took, you know, and, and whatever Coach Muss and those guys need. We women's basketball does not exist if if men's if men's basketball and football uh, don't bring that revenue in. And and it's again, I'm not telling you that that there's not more that we can't do to, to raise awareness, but we don't feel there's not a lack of support. You know, that's what Hunter does such a good job of, even though those two are our revenue support in baseball, you know, in a normal year when they can sell out bomb stadium, put some money into the, the pocket too. But the rest of us are, are, are counting on those teams. So uh, I think that's why you see everybody pulling for each other. Genuine. I've been at places where people didn't want you to win. The year we went to the Final Four at Washington, I had five or six coaches that were mad because it made them look bad and it made their program look. And that just that creates an environment that's toxic. So the fact that Hunter won't put up with that, you know, I I, I know very well that if we if we're not in it for the Razorbacks and not that if we just walk around with one Razorback on everything we do, then um, then we're doing it for the wrong reasons, and nobody's doing that right now. And I think as a result, that's why you see the success for. Uh, you know, from the national championships in our in our track programs to our five elite eights for the men and, and the close finishes. You know, I'm watching golf yesterday, pulling for Brooke to birdie that two days ago to birdie that last hole. Yeah, you know, it came across my deal. I did a little, I did a little Tiger Woods fist, fist pump there because um, I'm pulling for Sean and her team. And anytime I see any of our programs winning, it's it's genuine excitement and happiness for our our, our players and our student athletes and our coaches. And Coach, I know every time we have you on, we always get into some stuff outside of basketball. So I got to ask yeah, you, with, with the off season, uh, you know, what is? Have you gotten any new shows going on yet? Or I don't think we've talked since I come across Ted Lasso. Uh, but if y'all haven't watched it, man, you got to get going on it. it. I think I've watched it through about four or five times now in bits and pieces. It's an Apple TV kind of a coaching leadership style thing, and. I, I've caught myself rewatching that, but I've gotten through a bunch of documentaries. Uh, I watched the the one on the, the college admission scandal was really intriguing to see because I actually knew some of the people at Stanford that were involved in that, uh, which was kind of funny to not funny, but um, strange to see. So I'm going to get caught up in a bunch of documentaries. I, I've been in the garage all day long working. I got a lot of house projects uh, to get caught up on, um, TVs and books. And, you know, we just, we just found out, it looks like we're going to go back to recruiting back to normal in June and July. So, uh, recharging those batteries, getting back in the swing of things, make sure my hotel, um, bonus point, what they call those frequent stay miles and frequent flyer miles, make sure I can find all those cards. Cause it looks like we're getting ready to go back to, back to traveling around some. Yeah. And how good does that feel that you're able to really get back to the normal and really see these kids face-to-face? Because I know that's been really hard trying to convince these people through Zoom to <laughs> come to Arkansas. I don't. Maybe we're going to stick with it because I, I think I've stumbled on the fact that if, if I go into homes and they have to look at my ugly face for too long, they don't come because we've, we've gotten pretty good recruits without having to do all that. So I, I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. We'll, we'll unpack all that and see – um, you know, it, it is a vital part of it, and I think it's vital that we continue to go back and do that. Uh, I do think there's some things we learned about, you know, maybe the evaluation process that we don't have to go to every single game uh, and, and we don't have to, you know, worry as much about some of the things I think as coaches we used to probably put too much stock in. So 
Um, it's it's good though because the the kids need it. Um, the student athletes deserve it uh, for us to get a fair shot at evaluating and not just be guessing. Uh, if not, I think that transfer portal could be busy for the next several years. So uh, seeing people live and in person. The other thing that always does, and, and when we get a chance to talk about recruiting in depth, is you know I can only be one place in the world at a time. And when we choose to sit on that floor on that day at that hour, that's a that screams to that player, you're important. You know, it, I, again, it could be anywhere. And we chose to come see you. Um, and, and I think that's for us, it's important because we don't recruit a, a big number of kids. We keep it really, really small and make sure they know that we want them. So that helps us, um, separate ourselves from some of these programs that might recruit 150 kids for five scholarships, whereas we're recruiting maybe 10, you know, one for every, two for every scholarship we have. So it's important for us. And, and I hope it continues. That means the main reason I hope it continues is it means COVID's under control. Um, and it looks like we're headed that way. Just, just hope it continues. And, and July uh, looks um, looks like they have in the past. Yeah, in this summer, so if, if you get to get back in the kids' houses, you get some more of those uh, home cooked meals. I know you're probably looking forward to that. You know that that's about a that's a coin flip, to be honest with you, there, Porter. I have uh, had my fair share of uh, not so good uh, home cooked uh, <laughs> meal experiences where you're. You know, you're trying to trying to get it down and be be not be rude, and then there's other times you want to you know pick the bowl up and lick it that it's so good. So, <laughs> honestly, it's a fifty fifty deal. It is about dead even, good experience, awful experience. So, uh, if somebody says we're home cooking for you, I, I, I always put a smile on and I do my best. But yeah. sometimes I just soon go in and and uh, and not have. Yeah, maybe scrape it off to the dog and then go get some Taco Bell or something later. Uh, uh, that actual thing has happened. I, I, I'll tell you that, that that is a 100% happened uh, on a visit one time in Missouri. So I'll tell you all that one off the air sometime. <laughs> all right, well, we've been talking with Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. Coach, always love having you on. Congratulations on a great season. Look forward to what see what you uh, have going on next year, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great summer, guys. Yes, sir. You too. See y'all. All right. Well, that will do it for episode number 185 of the Hog Talk podcast. For Porter Hayes, Coach Mike Neighbors, my name's Kyle Sutherland. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.